Vegetarian Zen, episode number 15. 15. 15 Vegetarian Zen podcast episodes. <laughs> Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Hey there, veg zeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicky. And this is the Count Von Count. No, it's not. It's really not. That was actually kind of cool. Uh, that was, that, it was that really was... funny to hear you practicing that, too. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I was practicing in the car on the way home tonight, and I was practicing downstairs. And I was setting up the podcast, and I heard you downstairs like... <laughs> me 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 <laughs> but with but with evil laughs um but yeah no we wanted to send a special thank you out to our sister-in-law kimmy um for suggesting that we once again this week we're stumped as to what to do for 15 yeah. um it's one of it's another one of those numbers we're like we don't know what to do there but was uh, nothing interesting about the number 15 no so we kind of brainstormed over vicky's dad's birthday dinner and kimmy came up with that so thank you so much that was fun yeah, and we're a little little late recording this one, actually. Larissa and I had some sort of bug yeah. that was going around. We Vicky was bugging me. Well. She was bugging me. We weren't feeling very well, and so we're actually a little bit late this time, but yeah. we're yeah. here. We're here. We're, we're here. better. Yes, we are better. We're both feeling much better. So let's get into episode number 15, and today we'll be doing a review of the documentary Forks Over Knives, which is a documentary I had been wanting to watch for a while. Several of my friends had recommended it. And I really like it. It's it's mm-hmm. one of our top, I think, that we when we've been discussing it. And we right. wanted to have that discussion with you and share some of our takeaways from the documentary. So we'll be sharing that with you. But first, let's dive into updates. Okay, updates number one: new ratings. Uh, we're kind of riding a ratings and uh, review streak this this week. Um, we've got twenty five star reviews, uh, five star ratings now, which is just awesome. Thank you guys so much. And we do have three new reviews this week. So we're up to 13 uh, reviews. That's awesome. Yes, very much. Very much so. Okay, so first of all, we have Jen Marie Colorado. Jen Marie says, I love this podcast. It's informative and entertaining. It's also laid back and not at all preachy. And that's that's so what we're going for. Yep. Um, yeah, my brother was asking, why did you guys, how'd you guys get started in the podcast? And I said, you know, we were just learning a lot about vegetarianism ourselves. And uh, we just knew other people would be interested in some of the stuff we we're finding out because a lot of it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we're not trying to, we're not trying to push any sort of agenda on anyone. We're just trying to talk about health. Exactly. So thank you, Jen Marie, for that. Uh, the next one is Maya Jurgens Engel. I love the name Maya. Okay, so Maya says, if you have to choose one vegetarian podcast to listen to, this is it. Aw, that's so nice. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, Vicky and Larissa don't push an agenda. They just provide you with useful information on how to live a healthier life. Their banter is very relaxed and fun to listen to, and they use real-life experience as examples. And I've got a ton of real life experiences. Yeah, so. and we're still learning, and yeah. we'll probably be learning forever as yep. as far as uh, exactly living a healthier lifestyle. Exactly. So thank you, Maya. And then our last review for this week is from 
podcast fan, Mysterioso. <laughs> um, podcast fan says, the podcast strikes the right tone for beginner veg- vegetarians like me. I'm looking to cut the meat out of my diet, but can't imagine going vegan. These ladies inform and entertain and encourage and never get preachy. Thank you for a great podcast. Well, thank you, podcast fan, for a great review. And I hope that we can continue that um, for you as you continue your journey in vegetarianism with us. Yeah, and again, I think that you know a big part of what we're trying to do here is really just help people not feel like you have to be in, in it all or nothing. And then again, just educate as we're educating ourselves, just sharing stuff that we've le- we're learning along the way so that you can make so that you can make the decision that makes sense for you. Right. And this this review actually reminded me of a Maya Angelou um, quote that I had recently heard that said, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. And exactly. I think that's what you and I are doing mm-hmm. you know, as we learn uh, new things along the way. Right, right. And we do. We learn stuff every day. And um, we just want everybody who listens to us uh, to to feel like we feel because we have each other and we have a good support system here in San Antonio with the San Antonio Vegetarian Society and, and other people. Um, but we want you to feel like you're not alone, you know, because it can be a really lonely thing if, if there are people around you who don't support what you're trying to do so yeah and that's actually going to be another mm-hmm. podcast coming up soon because we right. were just talking about that right. so uh so thank you again for the right. reviews really appreciate it and we've mentioned this before uh, we are now we have now reached the limit for being able to be on new and noteworthy we're not considered new anymore believe it or not uh, so we really appreciate the ratings on itunes because that helps us we don't want to get lost in the crowd of podcasts out there and when the ratings really do help us and mm-hmm. we get exposure with every new rating so if you have a, just a few seconds, even if you just go leave us a great podcast with a five-star, we'd greatly appreciate that. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, um, the next one we wanted to talk about was our questions that we have coming in from people. And we do get emails, which are just awesome. I love waking up in the morning or checking my mail during the day and getting an email from our website. Um, because that re- means that we're reaching people and people are... are we're connecting with people and and that's something that just makes me really happy. So one thing that people email us about is things that they would like to hear on podcast episodes, which is exactly what we want. That's what we've been asking for. What would you like to hear? What would you like to see on our website? So uh, here are some things that we're working on for upcoming episodes. We had someone ask about beans and that, I mean, that's, a good one. We we can easily do an entire episode mm-hmm. on beans. Yeah. Um, and they're so important in a vegetarian and vegan diet. So then we also had someone, the same person, I think, uh, ask about eating a raw diet, which is something that we have not actually tried yet. So we'll be kind of doing some more research into that and looking into that before we do attempt to do a podcast on it, maybe even try it for a week, you know, at least just so we can know. Yeah, I'd be interested in trying that mm-hmm. for a week. And I've actually uh, gone vegan for mm-hmm. a few days at a time. And right now I am not vegan, but I am off of dairy, mm-hmm. which is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And actually, this documentary is a big reason why I, that we're about to discuss is a big reason why I'm off, off of dairy. But we'll talk about that. Right. Later. And then one more uh, fitness and veganism. And that's something that Vicky would be 
really good about sharing fitness tips and and what she's learned. Yeah, that's something because I've mentioned on past podcasts that I love working out. And that was one of my concerns when I became a vegetarian is making sure that I was getting enough of the uh, vitamins that I needed uh, to be able to support my active lifestyle. Okay, so now I think we have a few upcoming events. Right, we've got two. uh, I just found out on Thursday, Friday, that October 1st, Tuesday, October 1st, is actually World Vegetarian Day. Wow, we have a whole day. (laughs) That's so awesome. Um, since, Since we found out about this a little late... We're definitely going to try to do something, but I don't know how how big and, and exciting it'll be for this year, but definitely next year, just wait for it because we'll have like major, major stuff. But World Vegetarian Day, Tuesday, October 1st, celebrate it. And um, then the second thing that we have, of course, is the very next day, Wednesday, October 2nd, is National Kale Day. Kale, kale, yay! Uh, we have really been working with the, the National Kale Day people, uh, nationalkaleday.org, Jennifer Easterlow, Drew Ramsey, Dr. Drew Ramsey, and the board members there to really get the word out about National Kale Day. So I did uh, my latest Veggie Boards article all about National Kale Day. And if you check it out, I'll link to it on this on the show notes for this episode. But it's full of information on how to participate in National Kale Day, some kale facts, and even a recipe. So check that that out. And then I'll also be hosting a Twitter chat on Wednesday, October 2nd on the N- uh, NKD Twitter account. I don't know the time yet, but I'll kind of let everybody know probably via Facebook. And that's it. That's all I have. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and dive into the main topic then, which again is a review of the film Forks Over Knives. And we've watched it twice. Twice, right. Okay, so essentially this film is set up, as we mentioned, like a documentary. And it's really talking about the state of our country. and Health-wise. Health-wise, yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Health-wise, and how we are probably at our sickest right now with all these di- you know, degenerative diseases, diabetes, cancer, uh, heart disease mm-hmm. is, is just rampant in this country. And... What it does is it it really is interesting the way the film is set up because the film follows two doctors, the first being Dr. T. Colin Campbell, and you might recognize his name if you've ever read the book The China Study. He's one of the co-authors of that book. Uh, He's a nutritional scientist at Cornell University. And then Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, I think I pronounced his name right, Esselstyn. (laughs) And he is a he's a top surgeon and head of the breast cancer task force at uh, the Cleveland Clinic. So this documentary kind of follows these two doctors along their careers, and what the what they essentially discover is that each of them has come to a conclusion about the benefits of a plant based lifestyle versus that of a meat. Uh, or animal, animal, I should protein. say, animal protein right. diet. So one of the things that really struck me was Dr. Esselstyn. He was a top surgeon, as I mentioned, and working on breast cancer patients. And he said, you know, it occurred to me that I am doing all these surgeries for on cancer, but doing nothing to prevent it. Mm-hmm. And that was a you know pretty powerful statement by him, or realization, I should say, because um, you know that's what really intrigued him into going to start to understand what caused the cancer. Right. And you have to realize this was back in the 60s. 
These these two gentlemen are in their seventies now, and so they were working and doing their their research and their their practices, starting back in the sixties, and that's that was unheard of then. I mean, it's very very groundbreaking for both of them. Yeah, and so their research essentially led them to the conclusion that a lot of our degenerative diseases like heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and even several forms of cancer could almost always be prevented and in many cases reversed by adopting a whole foods plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. And that's what this that's what this revolves around, this, yeah. this film. Yeah, the filmmakers, what they did is they traveled with the two doctors um, on their separate but very similar paths. And uh, they even followed them, like, they even told the story of how they grew up. They both grew up very similarly on farms mm-hmm. and then went into medical school, although Dr. Esselstyn was the surgeon and Dr. Campbell was more of a uh, research right. research scientist. Right. So the th- one of the things that I really like about the way this film is, is produced is the docu- the filmmakers and the narrator who actually goes through a, a health kind of transformation throughout the film himself. Um, but they present this information in a very uh, visual way. Mm-hmm. It's not because there are a lot of statistics in this movie. Yeah, it could have film. gotten very dry, very yes, fast. Yes. But the way they use graphics and the way they, because this was made in 2011. I think so. I think it was 11. Um, so it's fairly recent. And the way that they make use of, of graphics and charts and, you know, to, to show you different things and animation, it just makes it, it really increases the impact, I think, that it has. Yeah. Because when you see something on, on the screen and it's a diagram of like a, a diseased heart and showing different things that are affecting it and how they're... It's a whole different thing than if somebody throws numbers at you and says, you know, X percentage of people die from heart disease. And, you know, it it just brings it kind of to life and it makes it real. Well, and plus you can't spend an hour and a half to two hours just talking about that. Otherwise, your your audience is going to zone out. I would have been like playing on Facebook. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they did a good job of just mixing it up. And and the other thing, so it followed essentially it followed these two doctors. And then they also had, as Larissa said, they had several folks, including the person that was kind of, I guess, the narrator of the documentary. But they followed some reality patients who were who had chronic conditions from heart disease uh, to diabetes. And a few of them, well, actually, yeah, and cancer. Actually, all of them had been given really grim prognosis, right? Mm-hmm. They were, I, I know one woman said that her doctor told her essentially, the next heart attack you have is going to kill you, so you might as well prepare to die. Yeah, get your affairs in order, yeah. basically. Yeah, and she said, are you telling me I should sit here and just wait in a rocking chair and wait to die? And he said, he yeah, said, that's yeah. what I'm telling you. Yeah. But she didn't. Yeah, she did yeah. not. She went yeah. and became part of this study and was still alive, at least during the mm-hmm. when they finished this mm-hmm. uh, documentary. So, right. Uh, and I think they had 14 of the 18 patients in Dr. Esselstyn's study that mm-hmm. actually lived much right. longer than they were originally uh, thought that they were going to live. Right. So, so as we said, this um, film is, is full of statistics and, and facts. So... We're not going to, like, blow your mind with a whole bunch of numbers and everything in this. This is more to talk about, you know, how this film impacted us and how it can impact other people. But just to give you a little bit of an idea, um, 40% of Americans are classified obese. Yep. And nearly one in five American four-year-olds is considered obese. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, 1,500 people a day 
die from cancer in this country. Mm-hmm. And every minute, someone dies from a heart-related disease. And one out of three, that's a third of the American population, folks, uh, one out of three Americans will develop diabetes at some point in their lifetime. And I know this personally because I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, $2.2 trillion has been spent on health care in the last year, and that's more than any industrialized country. Yeah, that's another crazy thing. Crazy. And and then Lipitor, the drug Lipitor, which is for cholesterol, Mm -hmm. is the most commonly prescribed drug in America. Yeah, and what I love about, remember one of the opening quotes in the film, it was um, Bill Maurer, and he said, the money to to be made is from people who are sick. Not healthy and not dead. The answer isn't another pill. He said, oh, actually, the way he said it was, someone has to be brave enough to say the answer isn't another pill. The answer is spinach. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about some of the other things that they discussed in the film. I know one of the things they talked about was protein. Mm -hmm. And we've talked a ton about protein on on several podcasts. Yeah, protein is, I think protein is getting to be, it's, like, okay, how can we fit protein into this episode? How can we put, you know, it's like every episode with us, it's something about protein, but it's so important to discuss. Here's what struck me in the film is that how we've been conditioned to think that animal protein is protein. That's where we're supposed mm-hmm. to get our protein. So remember the street interviews where they had, they were asking people, so why do we need animal protein? Or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, why do we need to eat meat? Mm-hmm. And everybody said protein, protein, mm-hmm. protein. Yeah, they probably protein. had right in a row. They had like maybe twelve people. Yeah, that they interviewed. You know, just went up to on the street, and every single person said protein. Yeah, and that's what what these two doctors were saying is that what we don't recognize or realize is that plant proteins are as complete as can be, and as long as you're eating a variety, a healthy variety of fresh, colorful plants, that you can obtain all the protein you need. As a matter of fact. We get more protein oftentimes than we actually need by eating uh, eating animal protein. Right. And the other thing is that um, it's important to remember that it's virtually impossible not to get enough protein on a plant-based diet. And the reason for that is that plants, most plant food sources have so much less, so many less calories than animal products and Mm -hmm. processed foods that you have to eat more of them. Yeah. So you're ensuring that you get enough protein because you've got to eat much more of it. Okay, so I think we've talked a lot about protein. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, though, that also kind of struck me about the animal protein, what we talk about calcium, mm-hmm. right? That was another street interview. So mm-hmm. they went out and asked people, why do we need to drink cow's milk? And mm-hmm. calcium, calcium, calcium. They even mm-hmm. even interviewed people in other countries asking mm-hmm. them, why do we need that calcium? Right. Calcium. And this was really interesting to me. And as I mentioned in our intro today, this made me come off of dairy finally. Mm -hmm. And that was huge for me because I ate cheese like every day Mm -hmm. on something. Yeah, you've never been a milk drinker. No. But cheese, definitely. I ate a lot of cheese. But here's what's interesting is that we associate calcium with strong bones. And essentially what they discussed in the film was that animal protein like the one we get in milk actually leads to our bones being less strong in the long run because animal protein in our systems causes something called metabolic acidosis, which essentially causes acid in your blood. And in order to try to neutralize that, your bones release all these chemicals to try to 
to, to one of, of one of which that. is calcium. Right? One of them is calcium, and that is why we have a high instance of hip fractures, considering the amount of milk that this country consumes. And the reason is is because we're actually depleting our bones from what we what they. Mm-hmm what they need in the long run. Right. And, you know, back in the 50s, one of the other things I like about this this film is they make use of the old um, government films promoting... Uh, nutrition or quote nutrition and one of them was was talking about how milk is um, nature's perfect food and okay yeah it's perfect but it's perfect for baby cows right (laughs) you know it's not perfect for baby anything else yeah um no other species drinks the milk of another species Mm -hmm. you know um unless we give our cats milk which you shouldn't do anyway (laughs) but um but no, no, no other species does that. We are the only species. Yeah. And so cow's milk, yes, it's a perfect food for calves. Okay, so let's move on to, they also talked a lot about cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your, what stood out for you about that whole discussion? The thing that stood out for me is the fact that of this, all the studies that they did, um, all the research that, that Dr. Campbell did, he, he came up with the, the fact that you can actually turn cancer on and off that to, a, to an extent yeah. with uh, plant proteins versus animal proteins. And the studies that they did uh, showed that only uh, as little as 1% to 2% of people get cancer strictly from genes, which means that the other, what, 98 99% is environmental, environmental. Which is scary. Yeah, what we eat, what What we put on our bodies, what we breathe, what we live around. Um, What we inhale. Yes. (laughs) What we drink. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, so there's so much that's within our control. And that's, to me, that's very empowering, but it's something that so many people are not aware of Mm -hmm. or are aware of, but think, okay, well, it's around me, but I'm not in control of it. But so tell us, tell us a little bit more about what Dr. Campbell's studies showed. Well, the one that really stood out to me was when they were when he had the rats, and that they were given twenty percent of animal protein, the same animal. What is it? Casein. Casein. That is what's in milk. Casein, which is found in milk, and when they were given a diet of uh, high in casein, liver tumor growth was stimulated mm-hmm. which and and so okay so they could started to develop cancer and then they switched from that to plant protein and it actually it decreased. actually decreased right which would going back to what you were saying turning it on and off and that's mm-hmm. how he described it he said this is huge because we've essentially kind of found a switch to turn on and off cancer mm-hmm. right but um so many people are are not trustworthy and it's it's sad that our society has come to the fact the the point where we're more trusting of chemically created medicines than we are of medicine that occurs in in nature well and 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 well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because there again, you know, going back to Bill Maurer's quote at the mm-hmm. beginning, there's not a lot of money to be made in that, right? <laughs> exactly. And as Hippocrates said, um, let food be thy medicine. Yeah. And that's just, that's just something that we've forgotten. That's something that, you know, people long ago knew. You know, what's, what's awesome is that 
Since I've been eating far less processed foods, eating more plant-based foods, uh, yes, I still have some weight to lose. You still have some weight to lose. Mm -hmm. But overall, a lot of the sluggishness, the grogginess after Mm -hmm. I ate, a lot of those symptoms for me are gone. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I used to, after dinner, after we used to eat dinner, I was like ready to go to bed already. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't feel like doing anything. And there's no way, I think, that we'd have the energy. You know, I work a full-time plus job mm-hmm. during the day and then come home and, you know, work on our stuff here. There's no way. I, I'd mm-hmm. see this new diet that we've uh, incorporated to mm-hmm. be huge in allowing mm-hmm. me to do that. Because right. I have the energy now to be able to do it. Right. And by diet, we mean way of eating, not eating less. You know, I mean... Not a diet, like like a or change in nutrition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> change in lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. But uh, a couple other quotes uh, that they they kind of peppered throughout the the film with with quotes, which I just thought was amazing. And and Vicky is like the quote nerd, so she I'm sure she was in heaven too. Um, but one of them was was really really good. This is an ancient Egyptian proverb that says, "One quarter of what you eat keeps you alive." The other three quarters keeps your doctor alive. And that kind of goes along with what we were just saying. So let's talk about the heart. That was the other thing they emphasized was the number. They said 500,000 people have bypass surgery each year in the United States. The other thing, you know what? I also, they also mentioned the documentary that just blew my mind. People were having stints put in when they didn't need it. Yeah. Preventive. They were doing it preventive stints, I guess, so they could eat and Who like, does that? I know. Who does that? <laughs> That's just crazy to me. Uh, but anyways, that cost, uh, what they had said in the documentary, was $50 billion. Yeah, that's crazy. To me, that's yeah. like having knee surgery and having pins put in your knee when you don't need it, just in case, so you won't need it later on. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. So the most eye-opening study that they talked about when they talked about the heart was that one where the Nazis invaded, I'm sorry, Nazis invaded Norway Norway. during uh, World War II. When the Nazis entered Norway, they took the livestock to help feed their soldiers. And that left them with a plant-based diet. Well, they showed this graph of the instance of heart disease in Norway up to the point when the Nazis invaded and then after. And after the Nazis invaded, the there was a sharp decline in heart disease. Yeah. Coincidental? I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to me, that's just like, that's just so telling. And because when, when the war was over, so basically when you look at this graph, okay, you've got going along, going along up until 1939, higher incidence of, of heart disease, cardiovascular disease. And then Nazis come in 39, take out all the livestock. From 39 to 45, it's like like the the lightning slope. Yeah, it wasn't even like a gradual resort. decline. I mean, I mean it was no. like a off a cliff Yeah, decline. exactly. From, not, from 39 to 45. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the war was over, 45, their livestock, you know, they started being able to raise livestock again and uh, it went right back up. Yeah. That's just crazy to me. Then the second thing that was really striking to me about that whole heart disease discussion was about, you know, was relating to obesity and was talking about how all these processed foods and fried foods that we're consuming actually fool the mechanisms within our stomachs that tell us when we're full and we've had enough. And they had this, like, I guess it was a little cartoon drawing mm-hmm. of, 
of your stomach and they showed like what 500 calories of whole food looks like in your stomach versus processed food um, and oil, I think mm-hmm. is the other thing mm-hmm. they had. And your stomach, you know, our stomachs aren't very big. Uh, I, isn't it? I don't know. I don't want to even guess how big it is, but, yeah, but it's not, not very, very big. big. They're not very big. And um, they were showing, you know, when you're when you eat good food, your stomach, those uh, mechanisms in your stomach will tell you, hey, we're done. We're good. Mm-hmm. 500 calories. But when you're eating like a Big Mac and fries, your body doesn't get the same signals from that as it would a plant-based diet. Right. So basically what this what this diagram showed was 500 they did 500 calories of whole plant-based foods, 500 calories of processed foods and 500 calories of oils which would essentially be just be fried stuff. Um, 500 calories of the plant-based filled the stomach completely. Processed foods went down to about a third full. And then oils was just barely at the bottom of the stomach. So if you think about it, you can eat an entire 500-calorie meal of plant-based foods if you go and eat the same size meal, size meal, size calorie-wise of processed foods. To feel full, you've got to eat three times. So you're eating 1,500 calories worth of processed food, which also brings along with it not only just more calories, but also more fat, more sodium, more sugar, more, you know, all of that. So that's just, it's just bad on so many levels. Yeah. And I can tell you now, I know that's how I gained all my weight. When I was Mm -hmm. younger, I was so much healthier. We ate at home a lot of times. My mom cooked, she made vegetables. Yeah, we had meat, but I mean, we still had very healthy meals overall as compared to when I got older on my own, you know, moved out, Mm -hmm. was eating a lot of McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken and all that kind of stuff and pizza. And yeah, that's where that's where those calories come because you don't really feel satiated, Mm -hmm. you know, when you eat that kind of right, right. So you keep eating, right. Um, So yeah, that's another thing that was just so telling. And then I think that the kind of what kind of goes along with with all of that is talking about the usda and fda guidelines yeah that blows me away too and it's it's really um it was a whole i really liked the doctor that they interviewed he was from the physicians committee for responsible medicine that sounds like an awesome committee yeah right (laughs) (laughs) who wouldn't be part of that yeah right party at the pcrm tonight (laughs) yeah but essentially what they were talking about is that you know this group is is put together to really kind of keep the government in check because uh, a lot of the contracts are going to the dairy and the meat industry and this group is kind of making sure that those aren't the folks that are setting the um guidelines Guidelines and unfortunately Mm -hmm. they are yeah you know and that's and they even sued the government uh based on those grounds and i think they got it was a small win they ended up winning this lawsuit but uh there's still a lot of corporate influence over those guidelines that was one of the things that stuck out to you and remember we even rewound this or rewound it we backed up the just rewound myself yeah uh we even uh, backed up the uh the section that talked about this Uh mind-blowing um yeah, we example yeah. of the USDA, USDA guidelines at work here. So according to the My Pyramid Guidelines by the USDA, a 16-year-old girl can have a bowl of Lucky Charms, a glass of juice from Concentrate, which is very bad, <laughs> and a glass of low-fat milk for breakfast. Mm-hmm. She can have cheese-flavored crackers like Cheez-Its like or Cheez-Its, something like that yeah. for that's, the exa- that's what they use. They had a box mm-hmm. of Cheez-Its on yeah. there. Uh, 
cheeseburger a cheeseburger on a healthy whole grain whole grain bun, bun yes <laughs> with french fries and uh coke and a coke yeah, yeah. for lunch yeah. and i wonder what where that fits in on the food pyramid there coke <laughs> <laughs> uh grapes and chocolate pudding for afternoon snack and then chicken nuggets a biscuit can of green beans and uh for dinner and low-fat ice cream for dessert that yeah, that sounds is healthy. The USDA food pyramid guideline. Not to mention, let's go back for a second to our little stomach and think about how much is that going to fill up in that stomach? Not a whole lot, which means this 16-year-old girl is going to be hungry, which means she's going to eat more junk, you know, because I don't see her probably going home and, and reaching for, for a big thing of broccoli, you know, and, and that's where the problem yeah. starts. And young, you know, with when, when, when our kids are little, because people are listening to this and saying, okay, well, it's on this, this little pyramid that's on, on the USDA website, so it must be okay. Yeah, and the thing is, unfortunately, that's also what's pushed in schools. I know. You know yeah. So, yeah. in health class and stuff. Yep. But again, it's something that, you know, I don't know that, I, hopefully that will change, but, you know, the way you change it is by educating yourself, you know, right. by listening to podcasts and by reading things on your own. And mm-hmm. um, Hey, was that a plug? Was that? that, was that yeah, a I plug? guess it was a plug. Mm. <laughs> listening to podcasts like this. <laughs> so silly. Okay. Um, and then the film ended, and this was really cool because I think we're going to watch this documentary next. It was, um, they talked to Rip Esselstyn, who was the son of Dr. Esselstyn. And he was a pro triathlete, and now he is a firefighter here in Texas, in Austin, Texas, actually, our state capital. Uh, he works for Firehouse Engine 2, and I think that was the name of the um, documentary. And then there's mm-hmm. a cookbook called The Firehouse right. Engine, it's two, engine 2, diet engine or two something. Diet or something. Yeah. Anyways, these guys, these firefighters were sitting around and talking nothing, cholesterol for some reason. Better to do. That's, that's what they do in all the firehouses, so I hear. That's how we do it in Texas. Uh, <laughs> But they, the next day, they all went out to have their cholesterol tested, and they found out that one of their uh, colleagues was actually had an alarmingly high cholesterol rate. Like so, you could drop dead from a heart attack in yeah. a second. So. And so they all decided as a sign of solidarity to all go on this plant-based diet together mm-hmm. at the at their at the fire firehouse and um they so they all drastically improved their mm-hmm. cholesterol and their overall health this was a mind-blowing statistic to me they said that there was 103 firefighter 100, fa- 133 oh i'm sorry 133 what did i say 103 oh <laughs> 133 firefighter fatalities this in this given year 52 percent of them were from heart disease that was the number one killer of in-the-line-of-duty firefighters. Yeah, so, yeah, you would think that it would be fire. No. Or smoke. Heart disease. Or something. Well, but, and yeah. look, I mean, one of their own was on his way to being yeah. one of that, you know, part of that statistic. So. Well, and it, and it makes sense when you think about it because, I mean, you're running up how many flights of stairs and it's hot and there's fire and there's all smoke this equipment. and yeah. the equipment. I mean, it, it just stands to reason. So, but I just thought that was awesome when they showed, they showed them all in the firehouse and they were chopping vegetables and they were sitting down to eat. And I I just thought that was amazing. I mean, it would have been so easy for those guys to say, oh God, that's, that's really tough. You know, good luck with that. And let me have my bowl of chili. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
but they didn't. No, that was so, awesome. So way to go, guys. That's awesome. Yeah. And we, we ought to try to take a trip up there. We should. It's not that far from here, so we should try to go yeah. check them out. Absolutely. Okay. So overall, we love the film. Mm-hmm. I think we were just talking about our top three. So our top film, though, is still Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. Mm-hmm. And I heard on another podcast, I think it was the Rich Roll podcast, that uh, Joe Cross is com- the the main guy in Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, he's coming out with another film, I think, mm-hmm. next year. So that should be really interesting. Just love that documentary. Mm-hmm. Then I think comes this one. I mm-hmm. think Forks Over Knives is right. our second. And then the third is Vegucated. Mm-hmm. Vegucated again, it's a great film. It was just a little harsh. It was, I think, the final push that helped me mm-hmm. to become a vegetarian. I don't think had I not, had I just seen Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, then I, I probably would have been eating healthier, but I don't know that I would have actually become mm-hmm. vegetarian. Right. Uh, again, I think what I liked most about Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, kind of like the way we try to model our podcast, is we like to promote more of the advantages of a plant-based life, mm-hmm. uh, a plant-based diet lifestyle, as opposed to just bashing, you know, meat all the time. Well, and I think that the difference is with with uh, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead and Forks Over Knives, the emphasis is more on human health. With Vegucated, the emphasis is more on um, animal cruelty. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Yes. I'm not saying that's not important. Yeah, I'm just saying that's the difference. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between these two films and that one. And they're all important. They're all excellent films. And I would recommend all of them, even Vegucated, you know, um, if you're serious about this and if that's something that, that you believe in. Yeah. I mean, it was if you're ready to make that move, definitely. I think that's, like I said, I was already ready when mm-hmm. I saw Fat, Sick, and Early Dead. And then I just one-two punch with Vegucated, and then <laughs> and I, was I was like, there. So. We're out. That's it. That's <laughs> it for us. Y'all been great. Um, all right. Well, yeah, get this movie. Seriously. Yeah, take Check it out. Okay, so let's move into the recipe recipe of the week. We seriously need to buy a sound effect for that. Oh, seriously. That's, (laughs) yeah. That's kind of, yeah. Yeah. Okay, enough. Um, All right, so this week we have cinnamon uh, cinnamon sugar roasted chickpeas. And uh, chickpeas, a.k.a. garbanzo beans. I like to name chickpeas better. Garbanzo just sounds like a guy with a big nose. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm thinking Muppets, I guess. Okay. I'm thinking Muppets, I guess. You know, Gonzo with the chickens. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway. So, cinnamon sugar roast to chickpeas. They're so easy to do. And I got to tell you, Vicky is not a chickpea fan. And the, the texture of, of chickpeas just in something, it's very... Um, dense I, I don't know how yeah. to if you if you've never had chickpeas they're they're very kind of dense and i'm not i'm not sure how to describe it but these i made uh vicky came home from work and there they were and i said here try one she's like what they is were this? pretty yeah they are pretty they're like nice and <laughs> there's sugary. a picture of them on our website yes on their on the recipe um and she liked them so she liked them so very I was good like, all right and very healthy good source of protein yes now they are they are a little sweet but the, the thing i like about it is you can adjust the sweetness by the amount of sugar that you kind of toss them in you know so that's that's um totally up to you if you if you don't have a real big sweet tooth you don't have to do a lot of that um but it's basically just roasting uh the chickpeas it's a can you can use a can R- uh, rinse them let them dry a little bit uh roast them in the oven 
for 45 minutes and then it's just tossing them in olive oil uh honey cinnamon nutmeg and then sugar and that's it okay well i think that does it for our episode today and next week's uh podcast will be on kale anticipating national kale day yes okay until next time all right see you later peace out bye Hey, Veg Centers, thanks so much for joining us today. Please be sure to visit our website at www.vegetarianzen.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Vegetarian Zen or on Twitter at Vegetarian Zen. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.